From my family to yours, I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy, prosperous 2024. And remember, I love you guys. Guess who's back? All in the Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm really shut out. Dumbino hit to a home run. Go on, Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Hi everybody, this is Andy Alfred, the host of All Andy Alfred. want to let you know that our shows now are on Facebook Live, as well as right here on the All Andy Alfred Podcast Network. So our shows are unedited, uncensored, and so full of content. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Follow us on our Twitter. It is at All Andy Alfred, as well as on Facebook at face at facebook.com slash all andy alford the views of all andy alford are those of andy's and do not represent the spotify podcast network merry christmas everybody and a special happy holidays to all my friends across the world and across the nation i thank you thank you so much for tuning into our show as always every single chance that you get whether it be right here on the Facebook Live or whether it be on on the different platforms, which is Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, whenever you're listening, like I always say, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to all of you, and welcome into another edition of All Andy Alford as, oh, the jackets, oh, last night, oh, Pascal. We'll talk about that tonight. The walleye getting the big sweep against Iowa. Get ready for Charlie Brown night tomorrow night at the Bank Tank. The Lions getting a huge win against Denver. The Browns finding their Joe Cool of a quarterback in Joe Flacco. We'll recap Week 15 in the National Football League. Preview Week 16, including last night's big Thursday night game. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. The signings of Otani and now Moto is signed. But the Tigers are making some big splashes this season. PNC Championship. And we are now just only, what, two days away now? Three days away from Christmas. Two days, two shopping days left in your in your shopping order. I'm done. Thank God I'm done. I got across the line. With some help from some familiar friends. But it's so much more tonight to dive into. And your comments and your questions right here on Facebook Live. And I love you guys. And Merry Christmas. And welcome to another edition of All Andy Alford right here on your exclusive home for me. And that is with the All Andy Alford Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the show tonight to hear what's happening in the sports world as well as what's happening in my everyday life. And you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Elford. It is at all Andy Elford. As well as right here on Facebook Live as we do these shows live on Facebook Live every week right here. And so feel free, post your comments, questions, anything that you want to talk about sports-wise tonight. We are open tonight to you. It is a 
Falcon Friday. Falcon Friday. I'm not wearing my orange tonight. We got the orange lights lit up tonight. But we are going to have a tremendous show tonight. We're going to look at what has happened this past week in the world of sports as well as talk a little bit about some Chris, some Christmas memories and some Christmas magic as well as diving into some of the bowl games and so much more. I see we get some comments already here. It looks like Nick is chiming in. I only root for the White Sox. I knew this was going to come tonight. I knew he was going to be trolling early tonight and it is... Definitely, definitely going to happen. He roots for the White Sox. I know you root for the White Sox, Nick. But welcome into the program. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to all of you out there on Facebook Live as well as on the different platforms that you listen to this podcast. As we're taping this show tonight on this Friday, the 22nd day of December 2023. As we are now just one week left in the 2023 season. As we will then get into the 2024 run, and it's looking forward to a great run, too. And Nick, you too, have a great holiday, and uh, uh, we got to catch up soon, uh, play some once we get everything all together. If you've seen the Twitters that we've been talking, me and Nick, uh, about uh, Crash Bandicoot, we've been talking about that. We got to get a uh, play together and, uh, you know, do a play system. We get to play uh, Crash Bandicoot, maybe the new Crash Bandicoot that was just came, that came out a few years ago, and so on. Well, but a lot to get into tonight. Of course, we're going to dive into week recap, week fifteen of the National Football League. Also, preview week sixteen. Also, dive into some of the bowl games. Well, of course, we got the big bowl game happening on Tuesday after Christmas. As the quick lane bowl, as our bowling Green State University Falcons take on the Minnesota Minnesota Golden Gophers and PJ Fleck, not Hayden Fox, and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, if you're wondering, if you're wondering, I am wearing it tonight. I am wearing the Bronner's Christmas Wonderland shirt tonight, right here on All Andy Alford. Yes, I am. Uh, as we get you set for the Christmas season, as uh, we head into this big holiday weekend of sports. Of course, we got the NFL playing on three days this week, three games on Monday, a full slate on Sunday, and two games tomorrow. And we had one game yesterday that took place. Also, bowl games galore, of course. But I first want to start off with the Jackets. This is, like I said last week, wishy-washy. Wishy-washy jackets. This is a wishy-washy jacket team. You play good against some teams. You play terrible against You play terrible against some bad teams. And you can't keep a lead. You can't keep a lead against an opponent that's going to be a playoff team. And I'm talking about... I'm talking about this Leaf game that I want to get into right off the bat. This Toronto Maple Leaf game that happened this past weekend. And this past week. When I last left you off the air, the Jackets were headed into Toronto to take on the Leafs. A huge game. An absolute huge game for the Jackets to see what the benchmark was going to be for this team this season. And, you know... 
overall, you know, jumping out to the early huge lead in this game, I wasn't putting much faith in this game. I wasn't, and I will admit that. I was not putting much faith into this game. Jackets jumping out to a huge 5-0 lead after 40 minutes of play. 5-0 against Toronto. The Leafs. A huge lead. You had Line A with the goal in the first period from Kent Johnson. 1-0. You had Kent Johnson from Andrew Peake. It's 2-0. Then we had the Line A injury in the second period. Now he has a broken crap cab a broken cavicle. He is out now for six to eight weeks. That's not what... And he just came back from injury. He just comes back from injury and he gets laid out in an open air, in an open ice check and he goes down with an injury and now he's got a broken clavicle and he's out six to eight weeks. That's not good. That is that is not good. But my guy, Justin Danforth, capitalizes from Provorov and Juracek. It's 3-0, Jackets, halfway through the second period. And then Chinikov gets his seventh of the season from Provorov and Juracek. It's 4-0, Columbus. And I'm sitting there, sitting here at the, at the house watching the game, and I'm like, this is something new. This is this is good, but in the back of my mind, the seed was planted from the, the game before against LA. It was planted back there and it was sit it was sitting back there the entire time, growing roots in my brain. Gaudreau gets off the schneid, gets his fifth of the season from Chinikov and Warinsky, and after 40 minutes, like I said, 5-0. And my buddy and our good friend here on the podcast, Logan Carr, calls me up, texts me, says, you got to be enjoying this 5 nothing lead. And I basically told him, I said, I can't. Because there's always somehow, some way, this team always seems to blow it. Always seems to blow it. 5 nothing lead. They're getting The Leafs are getting booed off the ice. They're getting booed off the ice. No, Katie, you haven't missed the ECHL information. We're gonna we're getting into the Jackets first because of the that's the NHL. We'll get to the ECHL in a minute. The Jackets have a five nothing lead after forty minutes of play. You go into the third period, and not even thirty eight seconds into the period, Nylander scores from Matthews and Langeskog. Even strength, it's five one. And then, not even two minutes later. Mitch Marder scores from Tavares and McCant. It's 5-2. I'm saying to myself, oh, God. It's it's happening again. It's happening again. I know it's going to happen again. I know it's going to happen again. What happens? McKay gets his first of the season from Timmons and Robinson on the power play. And it's 5-3. And I'm saying to myself at that time, all right, Let's shut it down. Let's get it. Th- let's get through this period. Let's get through the rest of this. I'll take a two goal win. I'll take it from being up five nothing. What the fuck happens? And pardon my language. 
What the fuck happens? Matthews. 18.45 mark of the third period. Even strength from Nylander and Martyr. And it's 5-4. Leafs. And I'm saying to myself, I don't understand. It's, this can't be happening yet again. It can't be happening again. It can't be happening again. And it fucking happened again. Matthews again. With 40 seconds left to go in regulation. And they tie it from a five-goal deficit. A five-goal deficit. It's 5-5. I, I was beside myself. Send Elvis, send Pascal, send Yarmo, send them all up the fucking river. In that game. Send them all up the Scioto. I was so unbelievably upset. My wife was upset too. Seeing the same story over and over and over again. Over and over again. It, it just keeps happening. It just keeps happening. It just keeps happening. With this team. A five goal lead. Against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it's 5-5. At the end of regulation. We get to overtime. And I just knew, I just knew we were going to lose the game. I put it down. I said, that's it. There's no way. But Kent Johnson, Kent Johnson, the Michigan kid, scores in overtime. And wins it in overtime for the Jackets, 6-5. to five. From Warinsky and Dan Forth. 6-5 is the final. But you can't keep hap having it happen time and time again. A five-goal deficit. A four-goal deficit a race and a loss. A five-goal deficit and you win in overtime. It just can't keep happening. And it always seems to be happening with the Jackets this year. And I just, I just don't understand how this ha keeps happening. We have veteran the veterans have to step up to the plate and help these young kids out and tell them they can't coast. They have to keep playing hard. Absolutely hard, no matter what the situation is. And I I will still stand by this to this date. After that game, I wanted Elvis, I wanted Yarmo, and I wanted Pascal Vincent sent up the Fucking Iota, Scioto River in Columbus. And I still want that. Especially what happened last night against Washington. Especially our coach. That shows that our coach is in, uh, inadequate to coach in the National Hockey League. I want Barube. I want anybody that's better than this guy. Now, more than ever. 
He is so wishy-washy. He is a bottle of Tide. He is a bottle of Tide. Either he's going to get the win and get the job done and get the stage removed, or it's just going to be wishy-washy all game long. Plain and simple. Jackets outshot in a game 48-35. to Out beating the faceoff down against Toronto 56% to 44%. Both teams had six minutes in penalties. Columbus out hit Toronto in the game 30-28. to but again, a, a, a five-goal. Yeah, he is a tied pod, Roberto. He is a tied pod. Better yet, he is one of the Dollar Tree tied pods that you get. It could be good or it could be bad. You don't know. That's how bad this coach is. They seem to get the win. They get the win. They get the extra point. It's two points, but they gave up a point to Toronto. You can't give up points. You can't. Then we get to last Saturday, the 16th. Play New Jersey. Doubles absolutely. From top to bottom, they beat us. What what can I, what can I say? 6-3 was the final. Hughes, Hala, 2-0 after 20 minutes. Kirill Marchenko gets a goal. It's 10th of the season from Goudreau. It's 2-1. But then Tyler Toffoli capitalizes. Not even not even 40 seconds later, and it's 3-1. But Chinikov, Yugor Chinikov, even strength from Andrew Peak and Vorlamov. It's 3-2 Devils. But it was the Jack Hughes night. His, his second of the game, fourth, 13th of the season, makes it 4-2 New Jersey on the power play. Then you go into the third period. Third period, Nico Hirscher gets his seventh of the season, makes it five two, and then Alexander Texier finally gets back on the scoreboard after getting his sixth of the season. Thank God. It's five three. Devils, but then Jack Hughes gets the empty netter, hits hat trick with his dad in the stands, and New Jersey beats Columbus six to three. Jackets were outshot 30 to 26 in the game. They were outbeating the faceoff dot 59% to 41%. Columbus out hit in the game 9 to 8. It was a low hitting game. There were a lot of pucks being into the neutral zone. It wasn't much of a hitting spree in this game. And by the way, if you're looking at who was the goaltender for the game for the Devil for the Devils it was uh, Smith, who stopped 23 of 26, save percentage of .885. Jackets went on the on the bench and got Tarasov off of, and Elvis gets pulled. He didn't start the game. He went 24 for 29, Tarasov did, with a save percentage of .828. So the Jackets fall in New Jersey. Then we get to this week and the bright spot game. Absolutely the bright spot game on Tuesday night. Got a chance to watch a little bit of it while I had some company over. The Jackets absolutely dominated Buffalo tonight and Buffalo on Tuesday night. And they just absolutely, you know, stepped on the gas and that was a good thing. But Rossum Deline starting it all off for Buffalo makes it one nothing, but then the Jackets really kick kicked into the gear. Gaudreau gets his sixth of the season from Adam Fintelli. 
It's 1-1, and then Fentelli then capitalizes at the 14-40 mark of the period to make it 2-1, his ninth of the season from Goudreau and Provorov. Then Kirill Murchenko gets his 11th of the season from Goudreau and Warinsky on the power play with less than a minute to play in the period, and it's 3-1 Jackets on top of Buffalo. You get to the second, Kirill Murchenko gets his 12th of the season from Chinikov and peak even strength, the 737 mark of the period's 4-1 Jackets. He gets his, gets his second of the period, 13th of the season at the 755 mark of the period, not even 20 seconds later, in the same shift, gets a goal, and it's 5-1 Jackets. And then Eric Gerbranson, off of the suspension, comes back, it's been lighting it up. His third of the season from Texier and Corrali, even strength of the 8.52 mark, 6-1 Jackets. And then Sean Corrali, finally Corrali gets on the board after a long time. His sixth of the season from Texier and Gauntz. It's 7-1 Columbus. And I was saying to myself, ooh, are we, here we go again. Here we go again. We're going to see the collapse yet again. Because Capozo gets his sixth of the season from Olofsson and Minstrand. It's 7-2 with less than a minute to play in the second period. And I said, oh, Buffalo's got the momentum going into the period. And they capitalized in the period again. Tage Thompson, his eighth of the season from Darlene and Tuck. It's 7-3 on the power play. I was like, are we seeing this again? Please tell me we're not seeing this again. Please tell me we're seeing this again. Dylan Cousins gets his sixth of the season. From Branson and Paterka, even strength at 7-4. I'm like, please, God, let's not see this again. It doesn't happen again. Because Cole Sillinger gets his second of the campaign, stops the bleeding. From Warinsky and Johnson at the 8-30 mark of the period, the Jackets are up 8-4, four-goal lead. And then Kent Johnson puts it in at the 10-59 mark of the third period. The final goal of the game from Sillinger and Benstrom, it's 9-4, and that was the final at eight, formerly HSBC Center, now the key center in Buffalo, New York. The Jackets getting a huge 9-4 win Oh, the Buffalo Sabres. Jackets out shooting the Sabres in the game 34-29. The Sabres were better in the faceoff dot at 55% to the Columbus Blue Jackets, 45%. Columbus... 50% on the power play. They were 1 for 2. Buffalo 1 for 3 at 33%. Columbus out hit in the game 20 to 12 by the Sabres. The Jackets get a huge win 9-4 in the game. And starting in goal for that for the Jackets, it was uh, Tarasov 25 of 29 save percentage of a point. 8-6-2 for the Sabres in the game on Tuesday night. It was a dual effort. It was Levi who gave up four, who, I mean, uh, Lettman, who started out, stopped 11 of 16, save percentage of a point, 6.88. And then Levi then came into relief, stopped 14 of 18, save percentage of a point, 7.78. So the goaltending duo did not help out the case for the Sabres. The Jackets get a huge 9-4 win in Buffalo, New York. And then we get to last night. I was going to do the podcast last night, but I said, you know what, I was going to watch the J- Jack game last night. Take notes. Played Washington at the Swide. First of all, they wore the third jersey. When they wear the third jersey, what happens? They lose. 
they put up a good fight. They put up a good fight against Washington. And the former Red Wing, Anthony Mantha, gets his eighth of the season from Ovechkin and Carlson on the power play. And it's one nothing Washington after 20 minutes of play. Now, you couldn't, you couldn't stop that puck. That puck was deflected. It went in past Elvis versus Lincoln, who got the start. And we'll get to why that here in just a second. But the Jackets did cut the lead to cut the lead for one nothing. Cole Sillinger, even strength at the 15-18 mark of the period. From Ben Sturm and Gaudreau, it's 1-1. And you feel like the Jackets are starting to build some momentum. You know, they felt good. But then again, Anthony Manta, again, his second of the game, his ninth of the season from Poros and Carlson, even strength at 17-24 mark of the period. And the Jackets are down 2-1. And I'm saying to myself, okay, let's just get to the third. We'll see how it all shakes out. We'll roll how it's going to run. And sure enough, they put on their pants. And they played hockey in the third period. And they showed up to play. And they played really well. As Igor Chidikov gets his ninth of the season from Grabranson and Ver- uh Volokov, it's 2-2, tie game after 60 minutes. And that's when the fun begins, ladies and gentlemen. Because the Jackets, as we went to three-on-three, the Jackets and Washington were, you know, were discussing and, you know, you know, going back and forth, back and forth. But Washington was going on a two-on-one break to go into the, into the Jackets zone. Puck gets deflected, goes by, but Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson, the arrogant bad boy of the National Hockey League, goes into the net after Cole Sillinger, you know, after he ran him into the into the net, and Sillinger got out. Elvis Merzlinkis lost his stick in the net. Now, when the when the play happened. Now, if you watch the replay, and we'll post it on our Twitter account as well as here on Facebook. If you watch this play, Wilson's holding Merslinka's stick in the goal mouth. Elvis goes to get it. Wilson's not letting him get it. So Elvis is defending himself and fighting, basically, you know, fighting and pushing him. And the next thing I know, the next thing you know, you see Elvis and Wilson, Tom Wilson, fighting in the goal. They're fighting each other. And what happens out of the whole situation? The league doesn't look at it. The league never looked at the play. They never looked at the play. Wilson was being was interfering from Merzlinkis getting his equipment. And what happens? Elvis gets drawn a penalty for roughing. Now it would it should have been an even even penalty. Wilson should have been called for an interference call. And Elvis was going to be called for the roughing. I don't mind the penalty right there, but they did not call the penalty on Elvis. They did not call the penalty on Tom Wilson. And what happens? The power play happens. And the cherry picker himself, Alexander Ovechkin, who sits at the point, it sits at that face-off dot, nine times out of ten, takes the shot. And beats Elvis Merzlinkins in overtime. Jackets fall to the to the Washington Capitals 
by a score of 3-2. to two. Ovechkin finally gets off the schneid. His sixth of the season from Strom and Carlson. His eighth career game-winning goal against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And at the end of the game, they were celebrating and they were taunting Elvis as he was coming off the ice. I don't know if you've seen the pictures. If uh, the, the dispatch posted these pictures on their their Twitter account, we'll share it on our page as well. But to see that happen, it's just what what can you do? What can you do out of the whole situation? I mean, it, it's ridiculous to have that happen. And and for the league not to just respond, you know, they can review goals, review offsides, they can look at a penalty, but they didn't look at this one. There should have been both guys going and it being still being a three-on-three -three opportunity. But then I have the goal, but the Jackets, you know, they go into the press room, you know, they, they talk about how bad... I I just... I don't like what how Pascal Vincent has been talking to the media the last couple of times. The last couple of days of him going to the media and, you know, explaining it. Explaining about what's uh, happening. You know, I just, I just don't like it. I don't. And... I, I I just don't understand this. How how this guy, this coach, he says in quote, and this is uh, about the incident. Disappointing. This that incident cost us. We have to control our emotions here. It's disappointing. Unquote. Pascal Vincent, our head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's our fearless leader. You know, his first coaching job in the National Hockey League. Give me a break. He this is this is terrible. This was terrible. For having him to say what that's what he has to say. I mean and Merzlinkis said in post-game two, I feel guilty, but at the same time, sorry, sorry. It's an emotional game, and I understand that. I understand where he's getting at. Let me show you the picture here. Here's the picture. I don't know if you can see the resolution here. Oh, hold on a second. See the resolution. But the whole team was looking at Elvis and laughing at him as he's going off the ice. I'm sharing it right now on our Twitter account. So go ahead and look at it if you want to go look at the account. And here's more on Pascal Vincent and Armando Lincoln. Tom Wilson's job is to get into people's faces. In the goalie's face. He creates a lot of emotions. And emotions were high. Wilson did what he had to do. We reacted, and it cost us the game. I understand that he said he said this comment, but 
at the same time, too, you got to stand up for your goalie. Elvis then said, said also, this is from Aaron Port's line. I feel guilty, but at the same time, sorry. It's an emotional game. I reacted. Maybe I should control my emotions, but I didn't. And I respect Elvis for that. I honestly do. But this coach is not respecting his players. It's not defending his players. And after what we witnessed last night, what we witnessed a week ago on Thursday in Toronto, what we have witnessed this last year, I'm going to say it. He is not the man for this job. I know it's his first time. I got to give him a pass because it's year one, but this is not the way it runs. You know, you're seeing the the bright spot over at over at the bank tank with Minkich, but we're seeing you're seeing the negative with a new coach at 200 West Nationwide. And it's just I don't understand how this guy and this guy and remember Brad Larson got passed up for the job, who was the coach at the time of this Blue Jacket team. Got passed up for Pascal Vincent. And I like I said, I like uh, the guy's a good guy. He's a he's fine, but he's not an NHL coach. He is meant to be an assistant coach. He he got thrown into the role because of the whole Mike Babcock situation. And it is what it is. You ha- we have to deal with this. I just wish ownership would take it into consideration. And here's the thing. We've had three consecutive sellouts at Nationwide. Three consecutive sellouts. Maybe we need to, as a fan base, not show up. Not spend, go to, if you're going to go to the game, not spend money on the concessions. Not spend money in the blue line shop. Not spend money, well, you can spend money in the 50 50 because it goes to charity. But not spend that money in those concessions and everything like that. To show ownership that we're tired. We're tired of losing hockey. I'm tired of losing hockey. I've been on this planet now for 33 damn years. I've been rooting for this team since the inception. I have dealt with great teams. I have dealt with mediocre teams. And I have dealt with teams like this that is just... That could. I'm not the Detroit Pistons, thank God. We're not the Detroit Pistons, but we're so goddamn close. I am just. I am frustrated at how how pathetic this this coaching staff is. When you have Jared Bull teaching the young kids how to fight, how to. Fight on practices. Tells me right there that this team is inexperienced and young. 
And it shows also the coaching staff doesn't it, they don't care. They're not letting the kids play. And the veterans have to step up. I know we're out without Jenner. I know we're not having line A, but Gaudreau's got to step up to the plate. Corrales got to step up to the plate. Wierenski, who's a veteran I consider now, has to step up to the plate. But this team, I don't know what else to say, but this team is it. It, it drives it drives me to it drives me to you know to drink. It drives me to not bet with them. It drives me not to do you know much. And it, sometimes watching the games for me. And I will admit this. I will admit this on the air. Sometimes watching the games are like torture. Because I don't know what I'm going to get. Am I going to get a good team? Am I going to get a bad team? And I know how a lot of you feel. I know a lot of you watch the Browns. A lot of you watch the Colts. A lot of you watch the Bulls. A lot of you watch all these sports teams. And, you know, you're invested into them. I know a few people that are season ticket holders for the Jackets. I know you're season ticket holders for a few people that are season ticket holders for the Browns and the Lions. The Lions, not that much this year, but Browns. You're seeing the investment in front of you. The investment in season ticket holders for Jacket fans right now is not good. It's not good at all. When you're selling tickets for $10 a piece in the month of March, end of March and in April, Basically telling us that this fan base is that we're not going to be in it. And it's proving it on the ice. Yet again, this year. But we shall see the Jackets on the ice tomorrow. And tomorrow night's a huge game. A huge game. Retaliation. Hockey Night in Canada comes to Columbus. Leafs. Jackets. At the Swide tomorrow night. Don Cherry was here. He'd probably be at Nationwide. For this game. So the Jackets play the Leafs tomorrow night. 7 o'clock drop. Hockey night in Canada will be on the air for that one. Then the Christmas break. And then they come back on the 27th to play in New Jersey. Then they play the Leafs again on the 29th. Before they head to Buffalo again on the 30th. And then we get into January. First game in January against the Buff- against the Boston Bruins. Then we go to Philly, then to Minnesota, home for Minnesota, then going to Winnipeg, and then Everett fits you in the Seattle Kraken come to town. So we'll see. And Seattle's getting ready for that Winter Classic. I'm looking forward to that on January 1st. Four o'clock puck drop for that one, where the Mariners play. I'm I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, jacket, jackets are like Roberto said, they're like a Tide Pod. And this coach is a Tide Pod. He's more like a Dollar Tree tie pod. The team is a tie pod. Jackets, Leafs, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Around the National Hockey League right now, high-scoring game up at, at the Slice. Little Caesars tonight. Third period, game tied at 6 apiece between the, between the Red Wings and the Flyers. We'll keep you updated on that. Third period right now in the Garden. The Oilers up 3-1 on the Rangers. That game on ESPN Plus right now. 
Uh, 55 seconds left to go. Actually, it just ended in the first second period. The Bruins being beat by the Winnipeg Jets right now by the score of three to nothing. Montreal down to Chicago right now, 2-1, 11-54 into the second period. That Red Wing Flyer game is going to overtime now. We'll keep you posted on that, and when and we'll give you the score when that happens. So, yeah, it was 5-1 Red Wings. I know that feeling, Brian. It was 5-0 Blue Jackets against the Leafs last Thursday, and it finished up with the Jackets winning in overtime 6-5. I know that feeling, Brian. I know that feeling. And the Winter Classic is going to be awesome this year. I'm looking forward to it. But looking at the standings going into today's play. Metropolitan Division, we'll start with that first. The Rangers' top spot, 45 points at 22-7-1. The Flyers in second at 18-11-3 with 39 points. The Rangers, 15-8-9 with 39 points. And by the way, John Tortorella's got his team running right now. I like that. I like seeing that right now. Washington in fourth with their win against us last night. There's now 17-9-4 with 38 points. Carolina, 17-12-4 with 38 points. The Devils, 16-13-2 with 34 points. The Penguins at 15, 13, and 3 with 33 points. But the Jackets, back in double-digit wins now at 11, 17, and 6 with 28 points. Last place. Last place in the Metropolitan Division. Got to go for, up from here. Atlantic Division looks like this. Boston top spot, 44 points at 19, 5, and 8, and 6. Toronto second at 16, 8, and 6 with 38 points. The Panthers 12, 18, 12, and 2 with 38 points. Tampa 16, 13, and 5 with 37 points. Detroit is in fifth at 15, 13, and 4 with 34 points. Looks like that dinner is going to be happening with me and Logan. I'll be owing him a, a good dinner this year. Montreal 14, 13, and 5 with 33 points. Buffalo 14, 17, and 3 with 31 points. Ottawa 11, 17, and 0 with 22 points. That's in the Eastern Conference. Western Conference looks like this. Dallas, top spot in the Central Division at 19, 8, and 4 with 42 points. Colorado's right there at 20, 11, and 2 with 42 points. Winnipeg, 19, 9, and 3 with 41 points. Nashville, 19, 14, and 0 with 38 points. The Arizona Coyotes, Doing pretty good this year. They're at 17, 13, and 2 with 36 points. St. Louis, 16, 15, and 1 with 33 points. Minnesota, 14, 13, and 4 with 32 points. Chicago, 10, 20, and 1 with 21 points. In the Pacific Division, we have a new leader in the clubhouse, the Vancouver Canucks, at 22, 9, and 3 with 47 points. Vegas, 21, 8, and 5 with 47 points. The Kings are 18, 7, and 4 with 40 points. It is Calgary at 14, 14, and 5 with 33 points. Uh, Seattle, 4, 11, 14, and 9 with 31 points. Edmonton, 14, 15, and 1 with 29 points. Anaheim is 12, 20, and 0 with 24 points. And San Jose is 9, 21, and 3 with 21 points. San Jose, 21 points. They are the worst team. Yeah, the worst team in the National Hockey League right now. Worst team in the National Hockey League right now. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, news and notes around the National Hockey League really quickly before we get into the walleye coverage because I know a lot of you want to talk walleye after their huge win this past weekend. By the way, just came across my wire. Uh, Cleveland Monsters, huge win against Syracuse tonight, 4-3. 
against the Crunch. Huge win on that part. Uh, news and notes. It looks like uh, uh, Kyle Seagrass, Seagrass is going to be coming back for the Ducks tomorrow. If you got him on your fantasy, get ready for him. Uh, looks like uh, Hutton has signed a two-year contract with the Golden Knights. Uh, Perron's suspension is guaranteed. Bettman has agreed to it, so Perron will have a six-game suspension this year. Also, the World Juniors are coming up this upcoming week. A huge slate of games. Uh, Team USA, Team Canada, and the World Juniors, which will start the day after Christmas on the 26th. As the two-time defending champions... Well, Canada will open up with Finland. The United States will open up with Norway on the 26th as well. So that's uh, I like watching that, especially with me having the NHL network. I'm getting a chance to watch that. So that's going to be cool right there to see that happen. Two minutes and change into going into overtime. Flyers and, and Red Wings still tied at two apiece. So we'll keep you posted on that as you are watching and listening to a special edition of All Andy Alford, the 2023 Christmas edition of our podcast right here on the All Andy Alford Network. Whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments right here, go ahead, follow, hit us at Twitter. It is at All Andy Alford. It is at All Andy Alford. Or if you're on our, our Facebook Live, go ahead, hit the Facebook Live button and hit the share as well as if you have a question post a comment on our page now let's hit the pond and let's talk the bank tank and let's talk a little walleye hockey and a big series win for the fish last weekend and in the beautiful city of iowa so the walleye were in iowa for a big three game series against the heartlanders this past weekend as we continue our coverage of talking some hockey right here on all andy alford tonight as we're keeping track on the Red Wings game against the Flyers right now as they are tied at six apiece. And in the overtime period, the Red Wings were up 5-1 on the Flyers and they have basically decimated, the Flyers decimated them, scoring four unanswered, excuse me, basically scoring four unanswered to get it close. And they now are tied at six apiece. It looks like this game could be headed to a shootout here momentarily so we'll keep you posted on that game going forward now let's talk a little let's talk some walleye hockey if you got questions about the walleye let's talk uh, you want to talk about what we're going to witness tomorrow night at the bank tank go ahead post your comments here and your feelings and your emotions about what we're going to see tomorrow night at the bank tank now the, the fish were in action last weekend in the beautiful city of iowa as they took on the Heartlanders in a big three-game series at the beautiful Extreme Arena in Corville, Iowa. And the Fish jumped out on Friday night to a big 4-3 win over the Heartlanders on Friday night. Started off with Iowa jumping out to the early 1-0 lead from Kodak. At the 7-12 mark of the period. Then the Fish then capitalized all in the second period. Scoring four goals in the period. Starting with Colin Keenan getting getting his goal at the 3-52 mark of the period. Then Anderson getting his mark at the 8-12 of the period. Then Cruz getting his mark at the 10-28 period. And Lewandowski getting his mark in the period at the 17-18 mark of the period. Making it a 4 
four goal period for the fish at the but towards the end of the period uh Kowalczyk getting his goal for the Iowa Heartlanders cutting the deficit to two it was four two after 40 minutes of play Iowa tries to capitalize at the 10 20 mark of the third period kind of getting his second of the game it makes it then 4-3, but that was the final at Extreme Arena in Corville, Iowa, as the Heartlanders fall to the walleye in Game 1 of the three-game series by a score of 4-3. Both teams 0-3 on the power play. Both teams had 31 total shots on goal in the game last Friday night in Iowa. The Heartlanders fall with that loss fell to 11 10 4 and 1 the fish with the win go to 16 4 1 and 2 in that game by the way the fort wayne comets took on the utah grizzlies and beat the grizzlies by a score of 5 to 2 it was a huge weekend in uh, in fort wayne as fort wayne had utah for those big games in the coliseum by the way kalamazoo went to cincinnati on last friday night cincinnati put the spanking on Kalamazoo by a score of seven to nothing in that game last Friday night. Then we get to Saturday on the 16th of December. The Fish took on that same Iowa Heartlander team, and they put a shellacking on the on the Heartlanders as it was no scoring in the first period. But then in the second, Brandon Hawkins getting his 14th of the season from Trenton Bliss. And Mitchell Lewandowski makes it a one nothing fish lead. But then Maxim Korvac getting his eighth of the season on the power play from Robbie Sucker. And Brent Burgel on the power play makes it a 1-1 game in favor of the Heartlanders. Then Sam Craggs gets his 12th of the season from Matt Anderson. And Kirill Tataev makes it a 2-1 fish lead. But then Tofol from OD Futuro on the power play capitalizes from Brent Bargel and Maxim Karonchek makes it a 2-2 game. The Fish then gets a big goal to go into the dressing room from Will Cullen, his fourth of the season on the power play from Hawkins and Bliss. And then in the third, it was all walleye as Cruz gets his eighth of the season on the power play from Hawkins and Bliss. And then it, at the 3-12 mark of the third period, then Sam Craig's his 13th of the season from Tataev and Proferis makes it a, a huge lead for the Fish. And then Kyle Keenan, his 12th of the season from Cullen and DeMeyer. And then Craig's again, again, the hat trick for Sam Craig's on the power play from Grissock and Cullen. Huge lead for the Fish. The Fish jumped out to a 7-2 lead. Iowa capitalizes the 18-12 period from Luis Brown and Dormach and Tufol on the power play. But that was all that the Iowa Heartlanders could put on the board. The Fish getting a huge 7-3 win over the Heartlanders. And they put a shellacking on the shot totals. The Fish had 43 shots on goal to Iowa's 23. Toledo 3-4 for four on the power play. Iowa 3-6 for six in the game for them. Three stars, Sam Craig's the number one star. Trenton Blitz the number two star. Maxim Karolczyk the number three star. And by the way... It was Jared Bednar stopping 21 of 24 for the Fish for the Heartlanders. It was Peyton Jones stopping 36 of 43 in the game for the Iowa Heartlanders in the Saturday night game as the Fish getting a huge 7-3 win against the Heartlanders last Saturday the 16th. And then we get to the final game of the series, and it was a huge win for the Fish as they rally back in this game 
back in this game as it was a huge jump start for the Fish. Jumped out to the early lead, one to nothing as Oren Sinesto uh, getting his ninth of the season from Hawkins and Cruz on the power play. And it's one nothing Fish. Then Trenton Bliss getting his ninth of the season from Matt Anderson and Mitchell Lewandowski. It's a 2 nothing Fish lead. But then Iowa then capitalizes with three goals in the period. And in consecutive fashion, Maxim Korocek gets his ninth of the season from Tufo and Sucker on the power play. And it makes it a 2-1 game. Then Luis Brandon gets his sixth of the season from Dufinger and Mira. It's 2-2. And then Luis Brandon gets his seventh, second of the period, seventh of the season from Dorbeck and Korocek. And it's 3-2 Heartlanders after 40 minutes of play. Heartlanders capitalized in the third period. Pavel Novak gets his third of the season from two photo, and Sucker makes it a a huge four two lead for the Heartlanders. And you're thinking to yourself, "Oh boy, you know, two out of three is fine for the Fish." They weren't thinking that. They were absolutely not thinking that. Well, Cullen gets his fifth of the season from Sudesto and Sawchuk. It makes it a four three game, and then at the fifteen thirty six mark of the period. Trenton Bliss gets his 10th of the season from Lewandowski and Cullen. We have a tie hockey game after 60 minutes of play. It's a solid 4-4 game. We go to overtime, and Chase Rissock puts the Heartlander down. Puts them down for his 7th of the season from McCourt and Cruz in overtime. The Fish. Sweep the series in Iowa. Take all three games with a win 5-4 in overtime at X-Cream Arena in Corville, Iowa. Grissak, the number one star. Or Sodesto, the number two star. Brundon, the number three star. It was John Letheman who started the game for the Fish. He stopped 17 of 21 in the game. For the Heartlanders, it was uh, Hunter Jones stopping 37 of 42 in the game, only 1,959 in attendance at the game on Sunday. And by the way, if you were, a lot of people were asking me, what was the attendance? They said the attendance for 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 those games last weekend were were very low in Iowa. So 1,926 for Sunday in Iowa. On Saturday, really quickly, I'm just gonna, I'm just pulling it up really quickly, on the fly here, and I know, we, I know they're just going into the shoot, they're just finishing up the shootout. Uh, Saturday saw two thousand one hundred and five, and then let's get to Friday really quickly. I'm doing this on the fly really quick. We'll get the attendance for the three game series in Iowa. Between the Walleye and the Heartlanders, who the Fish sweep the series. 2035. So you do that really quickly. I'm doing this really quickly on the fly here. Really quickly here. 2015. 6,000. 66 in attendance. 6,066 in attendance for the full weekend in Iowa. 
And Iowa is the second place team in that division. And that building seats, it's a big building. You look at the rest of the games from last week on on Sunday. Small slate. Adirondack beats Maine 4-3. Savannah, a 6-1 win over Greenville. A three-game sweep for the Comets as they win 6-3 over Utah. Taking 2-3 against the Grizzlies. And Tulsa, a 4-3 win over Wichita. You get through the rest of the week. On Wednesday, the 20th, Jacksonville, a 4-3 win over Florida. The Lions and Travolta fall to the Adirondack Thunder by a score of 2-1. Running a 5-4 win over Norfolk. Greenville falls to Atlanta 5-3. Kansas City, a 3-1 win over Tulsa. And Rapid City puts a shellacking on Allen by the score of 10-5. Rapid City is looking pretty good. You get to Thursday night. Iowa was hosting Fort Wayne, and Iowa gets the better of the Comets by a score of 4-2. Orlando, a 2-1 win over Savannah. We got games going on as we speak in the East Coast Hockey League. We have a couple, few finals to get into really quickly. Worcester, a winner 3-1 tonight over the Lions of Travolse. Maine, a 5-4 win over the Adirondack Thunder. In overtime, South Carolina, a winner 3-2 over the Jacksonville Icemen. Indies blanks the, the Kalamazoo Wings by a score of 3-0. Greenville falls to Orlando tonight by the score of 7-2, running a 4-1 win over the Norfolk Admirals. With 7.55 to go in the third period, the Florida Everblades are on top of the Savannah Ghost Pirates 3-2. Wheeling is beating Cincinnati right now 4-2 with three minutes and change to go in the third period. It's just gone final in Iowa. The Comets are winners 6-2 over the Iowa Heartlanders. 13.07 to go in the third period between Tulsa and Kansas City. Kansas City up 2-1. Allen up 4-1 right now on Rapid City. Idaho up 1-0 on, uh, excuse me, Utah up 1-0 on Idaho at the 1942 mark of the second period. So the Fish will be back at the tank tomorrow night. A huge game. The Fish are playing Cincinnati yet again. Huge game. Huge series for the Fish. 7-15 puck drop at the bank tank. Sold out crowd. Charlie Brown night. Lots to get into tonight. How do you feel about this game tomorrow night in the bank tank? Other games happening in the East Coast League. Fort Wayne is in Iowa to battle the Comet, uh, battle the Heartlanders. 7-05 start time for that one for us. 7-05, Savannah's in Greenville. Can't, uh, Kalamazoo will take on Indianapolis. 7 o'clock start, start for that one. Atlanta is home to play Orlando tomorrow night. The Lions of Travolta are in Adirondack to battle the Thunder. Florida will take on South Carolina at 6.05. Reading is in Norfolk. 6.05 start time for that one. Allen will take on Rapid City at 5.10 our time. And at 5.05 Eastern, Wooster will take on the main Mariners in that in that affair. So the Fish, big game for them tomorrow night. And we're going to get into the standings here in just a second really quickly. Getting it for you here. And it has gone final. The Leafs, the Red Wings get the big win in a shootout 7-6 to six tonight. They get the job done. 
And uh, good for them. Big win, but they give up a point to the Flyers in that realm. Now, looking at the standings going into tonight, into this weekend's play for the Fish, the Fish only playing Friday night, uh, Saturday night against Cincinnati, and then they will be off. They'll get back on the ice Thursday night against Cincinnati. They play again Friday night against Cincinnati. So huge games. <coughs> huge games going forward for the Fish. I mean, Cincinnati is the opponent for us for the next two weekends. They play. They play Cincinnati tonight, tomorrow night. Cincinnati on third on Wednesday night. Then they will go to Kalamazoo on the 29th, December thirtieth. They're home to play Cincinnati yet again. And on New Year's Eve. The Fish are in Fort Wayne. The Battle of the Comets. 7.30 puck drop for that one. Plan accordingly. That one. Nobody will play on just January 1st. So now looking at the standings going into this weekend's play for the Fish. The Fish still holding the top spot in the Central Division at 16-4-1-2 with 35 points. Fort Wayne in second now at 12 9 one and two with 27 points. The Heartlanders having 27 points at 11, 10, 4, and 1. Wheeling, 12, 10, 1, and 1 with 26 points. Cincinnati at 12, 10, 1, and 0 with 25 points. Kalamazoo with 24 points at 12, 13, 0, and 0. And Indy at 10, 10, 3, and 0 with 23 points overall for the in the Central Division. In the Mountain, it is Kansas City in the top spot at 19-7-1-0 with 39 points. Idaho is in second at 19-5-0-1 with 39 points. Tulsa, 13-8-3-0 with 29 points. Rapid City is 21, 24 points at 11-12-2-0 with 24 points. The Wichita Thunder are at 9-13-4-0 with 22 points. The Allen Americans, 8-16-1-0 with 17 points. Utah at 15-0-0 at 16 points. That's what the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference North Division is run right now by the Adirondack Thunder at 15-7-2-1 with 33 points. Norfolk is 14-8-2-1 with 31 points. The Newfoundland Growlers are 13-10-3-0 with 29 points. The Lions of Travosa are 13-13-1-0 with 27 points. The Wooster Railers 9-11-2-2 with 22 points. Maine Mariners are 9-11-2-0 with 20 points. And the Redding Royals are 9-12-1-1 with 20 points. South Division, Greenville holding the top spot at 19-8-0-0 with 38 points. It'll be South Carolina at 16-7-2-0 with 34 points. Jacksonville, 14-9-3-0 with 31 points. Orlando, 13-9-1-1 with 28 points. It's the Florida Everblades at 10-9-4-0 with 24 points. Savannah, 9-13-3-1 with 22 points. And the Atlanta Gladiators at 10-14-0-0 with 20 points. Atlanta's got 20 points. The Fuel have got 23 it is the Utah Grizzlies who are the yep are the worst team in the East Coast Hockey League at 815-0-0 with 16 points. So there is the standings going in the play. Again, the Fish on the ice tomorrow night at the Bank Tank, 715 against Cincinnati as it is Charlie Brown night. I'll be wearing parent, Peanuts uniforms 
on the ice tomorrow night. And then they will play again Wednesday night against the, against the same Cincinnati team. And then they will head to Kalamazoo for the game on Friday night. They'll return home on Saturday the 30th to battle the same Cyclones team. And then on New Year's Eve, we'll head to Fort Wayne to battle the Comets on New Year's Eve. So get your tickets accordingly by calling 419-725-WALL, ToledoWallet.com. We're heading down to the Huntington Center box office to get your tickets. Great Christmas presents. And like I said, the tickets for tomorrow night's game against Cincinnati on Peanuts Night sold out. You can find them in secondary markets or on the Facebook pages. They're going for a high as high as I've seen it at $110 a piece. So it is a hot ticket for tomorrow night's game. If you've got tickets, you're lucky. If you don't have tickets, BCSN will have the game. You can listen to it on 1230 WCWA. Or even head down to your local pub and establishment. You know, I know my good friends over at Wesley's Bar and Grill in downtown Toledo. Right there on Adams Street will have the game. My good friend Micah will have that game on. So if you want to get a get a pint, get a pint and watch the game at Wesley's. My good friend Micah over at Wesley's. Or see my good friend Bill, Bill Klein, over at the Blarney Irish Pub, which is one block away from the Huntington Center. Pre or post game, the Blarney is the spot for you. Visit our good friends at the Blarney. Get some stone, get some Irish stones. The Reuben's pretty damn good. The soup, the potato soup is really good as well. And the burgers are fantastic. So good friends at either at Wesley's or at the Blarney Irish Pub. Spots to watch the walleye game and good friends of ours. Here at All Andy Alford, as you are listening and watching another special edition, our Christmas edition, as I'm rocking the Bronner's Christmas Wonderland t shirt tonight, right here on All Andy Alford. So we have hit the ice, and now it's time to talk a little gridiron action, of course. It's time to talk some National Football League. It's time to talk about what we witnessed last week on Saturday as the Lions defeated the Denver Broncos. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about Joe Cool. And I'm not talking about Burrow. Talk about Joe Cool, the original Joe Cool, Joe Flacco, and the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk about that here in just a second, right here on All Andy Alfred. So now it's time to talk about Week 15 in the National Football League, right here on All Andy Alfred, and you are listening to us on the plethora of platforms. With the All Andy Alford Network, whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And let's talk a little bit about what we witnessed in Week 15 in the National Football League. And let's start first and foremost with the game that took place on Saturday night at beautiful Ford Field in downtown Detroit. The Detroit Lions took on the Denver Broncos and a huge game meant a lot for the Lions. It meant more for the Lions in this game than it did for the Broncos, I, th- I thought. After the embarrassment that the Lions had last week against the Bears, uh, previous week against the Bears, the Lions had to come out, and I believe that we saw Jared Goff's superior performance, his breakout performance, his, his legendary performance in Detroit last week. As Goff threw five, five touchdown passes. And their huge win against Denver. And 
the Bron- the Broncos didn't have any chance in this game. They had no chance. Lions jumped out. There was nothing, nothing after one quarter of play. You know, we saw the back and forth action between both teams. A lot of three and outs early on. Lions got it close, but then Sam Laporta from Jared Goff makes it seven nothing Lions, and it was going to be a Laporta kind of night. A Laporta I actually like. It got a got his first touchdown of the night. A 19-yard pass from Jared Goff from Big Lee, kicking it upright. It's 7-0 Lions. The Broncos get the football back. They go down the field, 3-and-out, but then the Lions capitalize on the play. And Jamar Gibbs, at the 8-15 mark of the period, gets the pass from Jared Goff. From Jared Goff, it's 14-0 with the extra point. And then with less than a minute to play in the game, the Lions get the football back, and Amat St. Brown gets just the pass from Jared Goff. Big League gets the extra point after the break. It's 21-0 Lions. I'm saying, all right, we're we're not that good of a second half team, but we hopefully we can start, we can, you know, control it. And sure enough, the Broncos came out and punched us in the gut. Little Jordan Humphrey gets the pass from Russell Wilson. A three-yard pass makes it a 21-7 lean for the Lions. Cut Lutz kicks the field goal. It's twenty-one-seven. But the but Laporta again, his second of the game gets the pass from from Goff, makes it twenty-eight to seven as the Lions drove it down the field. Lutz kicks kicks the chip shot, makes it twenty-eight to ten. And after three quarters of play, it's twenty-eight to ten. So I'm saying to myself, okay, let's see how. Let's hope we can get the shut this down and finish it up. And Jameer Gibbs. Again, a big run, a 12-yard run, gets it into the end zone, makes it 35-10 to in favor of the Lions. Russell Wilson runs it into the end zone, a one-yard run at the goal line. After not one, but two attempts, the third attempt, he gets it into the end zone. Lions are up 30. Laporta yet again getting another touchdown, capitalizing and ending the game for the Lions. The Lions getting the final touchdown from Laporta's catch. From Goff, 10-yard pass, Bigley gets the kick, and the final from Ford Field in Week 15 in the National Football League. The Lions, a huge 42-17 win over the Denver Broncos. Goff, 24 for 34, 278, 5 TDs. Gibbs, 11 carries for 100 yards, 1 TD. Amat St. Brown with 7 catches, 112 yards, 1 TD. And by the way, Sam Laporta... In the game for him on Saturday, he had a total of five catches for 56 yards, three TDs in the game. Russell Wilson, 18 for 32, 223, one TD, QBR rating of 49.6. Bernie, six carries for 37 yards. It was Jerry Judy with three catches, 74 yards. Cordell Sutton, five catches, 71 yards. Uh, like I said, little John John Humphrey, three catches, 16 yards, one TD in the game for the uh, for the Broncos. You look at the team stats overall, the Lions had 29 first downs to Denver's 20 first downs. The Lions were 5 for 10 on third down, while Denver was 5 for 13. Both teams perfect at fourth down conficiency. The Lions had 448 total yards of offense, 263 through the air, 185 on the ground. The Broncos, 287 in total, 204 through the air, 83 yards on the ground. Two penalties, 54 yards for the Lions. 
four penalties, 40 yards for the Denver Broncos. The Lions had the time of possession at 31 minutes and 18 seconds. Denver 28-42, and it was a good win. It's an honest good win. It was a good way to bounce back. The Lions are the Lions are for real. We can say that now officially. The Lions are for real. And they got a test in front of them, a final divisional opponent this upcoming week against Minnesota. And we'll get to that game here in just a second. But let's get into the other game, of course. Speaking of divisional opponent for the Lions, the Lions' divisional opponents besides Minnesota are Chicago. They just were in Chicago, lost to the Bears. The Bears then headed into Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco, you know, he struggled in this game. He had a total of three interceptions, but he was pretty good in in the long run. 28 for 44 for 374 yards and two TDs in the game. Two TDs in the game from Amari Cooper in the third, in the third, in the fourth quarter. A 51-yard pass from Joe Flacco. You also had David Njoku getting that short pass from Joe Flacco, making it 7-7 in the first quarter. You know, the Bears jumped out to the early lead with Cole Komet getting a five-yard pass from Fields. It was 7-0, and then Njoku catch that catch makes it 7-7. And then the Bears, you know, capitalize. And I was surprised of how the you know the resiliency of this Browns team, they rallied back and came back from this deficit. Tremaine Edmonds take, picks off Joe Flacco and runs it into the end zone. It's 14-7 in favor of the Bears. Santos gets the field goal in the third quarter, makes it 17-7. And you're thinking to yourself, oh boy, here we go again. The Browns are finding themselves a way to lose this football game. And sure enough, they battle back. Dennis Hopkins getting a 33-yard field goal in the fourth quarter, making it 17-10. The Cooper catch to from Flacco, a 51-yard pass, makes it a 17-17 game. And then Dennis Hopkins, by the sliver of the goalpost, gets it through. It's 17-20. Fields throws it into the end zone. Looks like it's going to be caught for the Hail Mary. He fumbles it. Ball game. Bears ball to the Browns by the score of 20 to 17. And like I said, Joe Flacco, 28 for 44 for 373. Two TDs, three interceptions. Uh, Justin Fields, 19 for 40 for 166 yards. One TD, two interceptions in the game. Ford had eight carries for 20 yards. Amari Cooper, four catches, 109 yards, one TD in the game. Uh, for the Bears, Johnson had five carries for 36 yards. Uh, Darrell Moore, four catches, 52 yards in the game for the Bears. You look at the overall team stats in the game. Uh, the the excuse me, the Browns had 14 first downs. The Bears 12. The Browns were four for 16 on third down. The Bears four for 18. The the Bears 0 for 2 on fourth down uh, efficiency. The Browns, perfect one for one. The Browns had 377 total yards of offense, 348 through the year, only 29 yards on the ground. The Bears had 236 yards of total offense, 148 through the air, 88 yards on the ground, four penalties for 19 yards for the Bears. Penalized team for the Browns, they had nine penalties for 48 yards. Both teams had three turnovers in the game, three interceptions for the Browns. It was one fumble and two interceptions for the Bears. And the Bears fall now in this in this game. 
They're now five and nine. The Lion, the Browns are now nine and five, and they will have a test in front of them with the Houston Texans this upcoming week. But let's recap the rest of the games that happened this past week in the National Football League, and we start with Thursday night football: a shellacking in Allegiant Stadium as the Raiders defeat the L.A. Chargers by the score of sixteen-three to twenty-one. And then we had our three Saturday night slate games. We have the Bengals almost bungling themselves and winning the game in overtime to beat Minnesota in overtime by the score of 27 to 24. It was the Colts giving Mike Tomlin another loss. The Colts a 30 to 13 win over the Steelers. The Lions, like I mentioned, 42 17 winners over the Broncos. And then you get to the Sunday slate. It was a shutdown of Zach Wilson. And the New York J-E-T-S. Sucks, 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 Jets. As they get shut out by the Dolphins 30 to nothing. The Texans in overtime beat the Titans 19 to 16. And it came down to the last few seconds in overtime for Houston to win that football game. Huge win for Houston without C.J. Stroud. Tampa with Baker Mayfield headed into Lambeau Field to take on Jordan Gotta love the game. And the Green Bay Packers and Baker gets the big 34-20 win over Green Bay. In the Dome, it was the Saints taking on the G-Men. And Tommy DeVito goes down with injury. He goes down with injury. The Saints capitalize. Saints a huge 24-6 win over the Giants. In the 50-cent ticket bowl game, the 50-cent NFL football game, yes, that's what the ticket rates were going for this Carolina-Atlanta game. Carolina gets the better of Atlanta. A score of 9-7. 9-7 was the final for that one. You head up to, up to Foxborough. Trust the process. Trust the process. Bill Belichick taking on Andy Reid and Petty Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the bimbo that's in the booth and the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chiefs getting the better of the Patriots by the score of 27 to 17 in the affair at Foxborough and the Chiefs are they're not back but that was a good bounce back win for them the 49ers went into Arizona to take on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals the the 49ers trounced the Cardinals by a score of 49 to 25. The Rams beat up on the Commanders 28 to 20. And the game Sunday night football saw the Ravens beating on the Jaguars 23 to 7. The Monday night game by the way was a doozy as the Car- as the Seahawks defeat the Eagles. That was the bit one of the big upsets of the weekend. On Monday night 20 to 17. That was a great comeback for the Seahawks. I got to give them credit on that one. The Eagles are in trouble, but I got to say something right now. How do you do? (laughs) How do you do, Cowboy fans? I told you. I, I, I told you. Right here on this podcast. I told you. I told you last week what was going to happen. The weather was going to be crappy. You're going into Orchard Park. You're going to play Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. 
<laughs> Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you on this podcast that the Bills were going to win this football game? I told you. But the way that they beat, they ran it up the gut 100% of the time. 100% of the time. 100% of the time. And what happened? They ran it up 100% of the time. And beat the Dallas Cowboys. Not just beat them, shellacked them by three scores. 31 to 10. 31 to 10. So I asked this question. I asked this question. You still them boys? <laughs> Love it. Love it when when Kansas City loses and when Dallas loses, America wins. Especially when Kansas City loses when that bimbo is in the booth. Plain and simple. So there's that. Oh, mother, whatever. So now we get into week 16. We had a game last night. And the Rams getting a huge win over the Saints by a score of 30-22. to Huge win for that. We'll have two games tomorrow on the Peacock as well as on NBC. 4.30 will be the Bengals and the Steelers. The Bengals 8-6. The Steelers 7-7. Seven seven. The Bengals three-point favorites in this game. I am taking Cincinnati. By the way, I took the Rams last night for the Thursday night game. That was a snooze fest. I I I mean I Kirk Herbstreit I love Kirby I love Herbie so much, but he was so much under the weather and it was it was, it was just unbearable to watch and listen to him. I'm sorry, sorry to say that. So Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh. I'm taking Cincinnati in the game. Then at eight o'clock on Peacock, just on Peacock. If you don't have Peacock, you better get Peacock. The Bills eight and six will take on the Los Angeles Chargers, who are five and nine. Bills twelve and a half point favorite. I'm taking the Bills. In the game. And then it gets to the Sunday slate. Washington heads to New York to battle the to battle the Jets. Jets three-point favorites of the game. I will take the Jets to beat the Commanders in that game. Seattle is in uh, in Tennessee to battle the Titans. Seattle three and a half point favorites in this game. One o'clock on CBS. I will take the Seahawks in that one. Indianapolis travels to Atlanta to battle the Falcons. Atlanta, a two and a half point favorite. I'm taking Indianapolis. In that game this upcoming weekend, I'm not. I don't trust AJ Reynolds's uh, Atlanta Falcons. I don't. I really don't. After what happened last week against Carolina, I don't trust them. Green Bay then, however, will travel to Carolina to battle the Panthers. Green Bay a four point favorite in the game. One o'clock kick on Sunday. Green Bay six and eight is the uh, Carolina is two and twelve. I will take Green Bay in the game. Jacksonville heads to Tampa. That's the big 405 kickoff on that one. Jacksonville 8 and 6, Tampa Bay 7 and 7, Tampa 1 and a half point favorite. I am taking the Bucks in that game, which sets up the local games for the 1 o'clock slate, by the way. 1 o'clock, Reliance Stadium, where they will play the national championship game this year. It will be the Cleveland Browns, led by Joe Flacco, Kareem Hunt, and Kevin Stefanski taking on. The less than adequate C.J. Strout's less Houston Texans. Houston, uh, Cleveland three-point favorites. Houston eight and six. Cleveland nine and five. I'm taking the Browns this week in the game, which sets up the big one. 
One o'clock. In Skull. 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 As it will be the Minnesota Vikings. Who are 7-7. Seven and seven, Will host our Detroit Lions. Who are 10-4. and four. The Lions a three-point favorite in this game. I'll take the Lions. Take the Lions in the game. If Kirk Cousins was playing, this game would be a little bit closer than the line. But I will take the Lions in this game. So the Lions over Minnesota. The rest of the 4 o'clock slate looks like this. Arizona will host the Bears. I mean, the Bears will host Arizona. 425 kick on Fox. I will take the Bears to beat Arizona. The night the game, of course, on Fox. Everybody's talking about it'll be them boys taking on Tua and the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Miami a two-point favorite in the game. Both teams 10-4. and four. I am taking the Dolphins in this game. I will not take them with the two points. I will take the money line in this game. And that's according to ESPN Bets. Where we do all our all all lines and projections are from ESPN Bets, formerly the Barstool Sportsbook, which is through the Hollywood Casino. And remember, please play responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please uh, head to gam- thegambler.com or call one eight hundred Gambler for help on gambling. And remember, bet responsibly. The final game on Sunday, Christmas Eve, will be the Denver Broncos hosting the New England Patriots eight fifteen on the NFL Network. Denver, a seven-point favorite in this game. I will take Denver in the game. What sets up the triple header on Monday, Christmas Day. It will be the Raiders at 6-8. and We'll head to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. One o'clock kick, Kansas City, a 10-point favorite in this game. Unfortunately, I have to take Kansas City in this game. I would love to see the Raiders pull the upset, but I will take Kansas City in this game. Uh, 4.30 on Fox. We'll see the Philadelphia Eagles coming off the loss against the Seattle Seahawks. They will take on the New York football G-Men Giants, who are 5-9. and nine. Philly 13.5 point favorite in this game. I will take Philadelphia in this game. And that sets up the big Monday night game. Everybody's talking about this one. And this one, to me, is the preview of this year's Super Bowl. As it will be Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens taking on Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel, and the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco, a six-point favorite in the game. Both teams 11-3. I'm taking San Francisco in the game. So to recap, I have the Rams last night, which is a win. I have Cincinnati, Buffalo, the Jets, Seattle, Indianapolis, Green Bay, and Tampa Bay. The local games. I have Cleveland over Houston, Detroit over Minnesota. I also have Chicago over Arizona, Miami over Dallas, Denver over New England, Kansas City over the Raiders, the Eagles over the G-Men, and San Francisco over Baltimore. Those are the predictions for Week 16 in the National Football League. We get three games on Christmas Day and a snooze fest on Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve night. But good games. So go Lions and go Browns. As you're listening and watching another edition of All Andy Alford right here on the All Andy Alford Network, whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, 
wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in as well as watching us right here on Facebook Live. Go ahead, feel free, post a comment, question, concern. If you feel free, go ahead, post it right here on our Facebook page. We continue to talk in gridiron football. Of course, we're going to dive into some of the, the bowl games that have happened as of late. Of course, we've had bowl games that have happened since I last talked to you one week ago. In the Myrtle Beach Bowl, it was Georgia Southern falling to the Ohio Bobcats by the score of 41-21. to Had Ohio in that game. That was correct. I have Florida A and m over Howard, and Florida A&M with a big 30-26 uh, win over Howard in the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Had Florida A&M in that game. Jacksonville State took on Louisiana in the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl in overtime. Jacksonville State, their first bowl game as a Division F FBS school. They get their win 34-31 over the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. Huge win for them on that one. Then the Avocados from Mexico bowl game pouring down rain in this one. By the way, I had Jacksonville State in that game. It was the MAC champions, the Miami Ohio Redhawks, taking on the Appala Appalachia State. Appalachia State getting a big thirteen to nine win over Miami Ohio. That's our first loss of the bowl game series in the Isaac New Mexico Bowl. New Mexico State took on Fresno State, and the Fresno State Bulldogs getting a big thirty-seven to ten win over the Aggies of New Mexico State. That was our second loss. Of the bowl game series. UCLA took on Boise State in the Starcode Brands LA Bowl. UCLA, a big 35 to 22 win over the Broncos of Boise State, had that as the prediction. And the Reliance Technology Independence Bowl saw Texas Tech taking on California and California falling to Texas Tech by the score of 34 to 14. And then we get into the weekday bowl games that have happened as of late. A huge one happened on the 18th. And the famous Toastery Bowl, as Old Dominion had a huge, a huge lead in this game. They were up big. Western Kentucky comes all the way back from a 35-point deficit to win in overtime by the score of 38-35, to beating Old Dominion, giving me my third loss in the bowl season. And then UTSA took on Marshalls in the Scooter Coffee Frisco Bowl on Tuesday night. On the 19th, UTSA, a big 35-17 win over Marshall, beating them. That was a win for us. We took UT UTSA. Last night, it was the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. And South Florida shutting down Syracuse by the score of 45 to nothing. Had South Florida in that game. That was correct. We have a final tonight. And there is our, there is our fourth loss tonight. As Georgia Tech beats UCF in the Union Home Mortgage Gaspala Bowl 30-17 to tonight in that game. So there is the updated bowl. So we are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 4. 7 and 4 in our bowl game so far. As we now have a huge slate of games tomorrow. As the 76 Birmingham Bowl will take place tomorrow, it will be Troy, who is 11-2, taking on the Duke Blue Devils. Troy's seven-point favorite. I have Troy in that game. The Chameleon Bowl will see Arkansas State, the uh, uh, Wolves of Arkansas State, taking on the Northern Illinois Huskies, who are both teams 6-6. Six six. Arkansas State, two-and-a-half-point favorite. I have NIU in that game. James Madison at 330 
will play the Air Force Academy and the Lockheed Martin Air Forces Bowl. Air Force 8-4, James Madison 11-1. James Madison a 1.5 point favorite. I have James Madison in that game. In the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, 3.30 kick, we'll see Georgia State taking on Utah State. Both teams 6-6. Six six. I have uh, Utah State in that game. The night, And then we have three night games. South Alabama will take on Eastern Michigan in the Ventures 68 Bowl, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Both teams 6-6. Six and six. I have South Alabama in that game. And the Las Vegas Bowl in the SRS distribution, Las Vegas Bowl, the U- Utah 8-4 and four will take on the North- Northwestern Wildcats, who are 7-5. and five. Utah 6.5-point favors. I'm taking Utah in that game. And then the Easyport Hawaiian Bowl, both teams 7-5, Coastal Carolina versus San Jose State. San Jose State, a nine-point favorite. I will take San Jose State in that game. And then there will be time off. And then we get to Tuesday. Two o'clock kick. As it will be our Bowling Green State University Falcons taking on P.J. Fleck and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Minnesota, three-and-a-half-point favorite. B.G. 7-5, Minnesota 5-7. Taking Bowling Green. Everybody's coming back. Nobody. There was only two players that had made the portal. And it was good to see, you know, the two kids from Anthony Wayne are going to make the jump and join Scott Leffler and join the Falcon football team next season. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. And what we've heard from Scott is that this team's ready for this bowl game. They're already up in Detroit now. It's going to be fun. Four field. Tickets are available. We'll be there. Texas State, 7-5, and five, will take on Rice in the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl on Tuesday. 5.30 kick on ESPN. Texas State, 5.5 point favorite. I will take Texas State in that game. Kansas will head to play UNLV in the Guarantee Rate Bowl. 9 o'clock kick Kansas. 13-point favorite. I'm taking Kansas in that game. Wednesday the 27th, we'll see the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com. Virginia Tech 6-6 six six, taking on Tulane. Tulane 11-2 overall. Virginia Tech a 10.5-point favorite in that game. I am actually taking Tulane in that one. In the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, which is a really good bowl game, I think, for, for this Wednesday slate, besides the Direct TV Holly Bowl, which I'll get to in a second. North Carolina, 8 and 4, will take on Western West Virginia, who are 8 and 4. West Virginia, 6.5 point favorites in this game. I will take West Virginia in the game. Then 15th ranked Louisville will take on USC. Louisville, 10 and 3. USC, 7 and 5. Louisville, a 7 point favorite. That game on Fox at 8 o'clock in the Direct TV Holly Bowl in San Diego. I will take Louisville in that game. And the Tax Acts. Texas Bowl. We'll see Texas A&M 7-5 taking on the 20th ranked Oklahoma Oklahoma State Cowboys. Texas A&M a two-point favorite in this game. I will take Oklahoma State in the game. And then Thursday the 28th will be SMU 24th ranked in the country to take on Boston College. SMU 10-point favorite in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. I will take SMU. The Bad Boys Mowers Pinstripe Bowl from Yankee Stadium. 215 kickoff for that one. We'll see the Ruck- Ruckers 
Six and six taking on Miami, who's seven and five. Miami is a half a point favorite. How can you be a half point favorite in a bowl game? I will take Rutgers in the game. 18th ranked NC State will battle the 25th ranked Kansas, Kansas State in the Pop Tarts Bowl. Kansas State, two and a half point favorite. I will take Kansas State. Excuse me, I'll take the Wolfpack of NC State in the game. 14th ranked Arizona will bow 12th ranked Oklahoma in the Valero Alamo Bowl. Arizona three point favorite in the game. Oklahoma 10 and 2. Arizona 9 and 3. I will take Arizona to beat Oklahoma in that game. You have Clemson taking on Kentucky in the Tax Slayers Bowl on the 29th day of December. Clemson four and a half point favorite in that one. I'll take Dabo and Clemson in that one. And then my favorite, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. 19th ranked Oregon State, the Beavers, will battle the 16th ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Irish, six and a half point favorite, two o'clock kick on CBS. And tonight, I'm posing the question to you on regarding a bowl games. So keep that bowl game circled in your head. AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Be the 9-3 Memphis Tigers taking on the Iowa State Cyclones, who are 7-5. Iowa State 10-point favorite in this game. I'm taking Memphis in that game. And then the final game on the 29th, we'll see the 9th-ranked Mizzou Tigers 10-2 overall battling the 7th-ranked Ohio State State Buckeyes. 8 o'clock on ESPN. The Buckeyes only a half-point favorite in this game. A a half-a-point favorite in this game. I'm still taking Ohio State. In this game. On the 30th of December, 11th ranked Ole Miss will take on 10th ranked Penn State in the Chick fil A Peach Bowl. Noon kick. Penn State, four point favorite in this game. I will take Penn State in this game over Ole Miss. Auburn will battle Maryland in the Trans Perfect Music City Bowl. Two o'clock kick on ABC. That game played in Nashville. Maryland, seven and five. Auburn, six and six. I'm taking Auburn in that game. And then you have the Capital One Orange Bowl. Big big matchup. Sixth-ranked Georgia, who was beaten in the SEC championship game at 12-1, will battle the fifth-ranked Florida State Seminoles in the Capital One Orange Bowl. Georgia, 14.5-point favorite in this game. I'm taking Georgia in this game, which sets up the big one. The nightcap at 4.30 on the CW Network, which will be on Channel 5 here in, in Toledo. It will be the Wyoming Cowboys, 8-4 and four overall, battling the University of Toledo Rockets. We're 11-2 overall. Wyoming, a 3.5-point favorite in this game. I'm taking Wyoming in this game. I'm taking Wyoming in this game. Which then sets up January 1st, the big bowl games, the Rye Quest Bowl, Wisconsin, 7-5, taking on 13th-ranked LSU. LSU, 10-point favorites in this game. I'll take LSU. Oregon will will play against Liberty in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Oregon, 11-2. Liberty, a perfect 13-0 on ESPN. Oregon, a 17.5-point favorite. I will take Oregon in that game. The Iowa Hawkeyes, 17th-ranked in the country, will battle the 21st-ranked Tennessee Volunteers and the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. Iowa 10 and 3, Tennessee 8 and 4, Tennessee 8 and a half point favorite. I will take 
Tennessee in that game, which sets up the two bowl playoff championship games. As at 5 o'clock in beautiful Pasadena, California, as it will be the fourth-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Rotide! Bama taking on Jim Harbaugh in the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan a two-point favorite in this game. Michigan 13-0, Alabama 12-1. I think Jimmy gets the job done with his team. Give me Michigan to beat Alabama in the Rose Bowl, which sets up the second college football playoff game. That's third-ranked Texas at 12-1, winners of the Big 12 Conference Championship game will battle the second-ranked Pac-12 champion, Washington Huskies. At 13-0, Texas, a four-and-a-half-point favorite in the Nokia Sugar Bowl. Excuse me, the All-State Sugar Bowl. It used to be the Nokia Sugar Bowl. Now it's the All-State Sugar Bowl. I will take Texas to beat Washington in that game, which sets up the college football playoff championship game for the national championship, as it will be the Michigan Wolverines then, in my prediction, taking on the Texas Longhorns. Give me Michigan to win the national championship. So right now we're seven and four in our bowl games. Big slate of games tomorrow. Looking forward to it right here on All Andy Alford. As you are watching and listening to another edition, our special Christmas edition of All Andy Alford right here on the All Andy Alford Network, whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And we hit the End of our program tonight. It is now time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants tonight. And again, I want to thank you for tuning into our shows tonight. Our special Christmas edition right here on All Andy Alfred. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts each week right here on All Andy Alfred. So again, thank you so much for a great 2024 season so far. We'll be back on the air next week, of course, for our final show of the 2024 season. And then, of course, we'll have our special year-end review episode as well as we dive into what we what we did on this program for the year. And, uh, yeah, I am truly blessed to have you guys on the, on the mission, to, on the road today for all Andy Alfred. And um, we come to Andy Rants tonight, and it's not much of a rant. It's a wish to you. It's you and to yours this holiday season. I wish you nothing but the happiest, the most fun that you could have Christmas this season. Uh, I wish that uh, you get to spend a lot of time with your families, friends, loved ones, the people that matter the most. And that's what this Christmas holiday is all about. It doesn't matter about about one-upping each other in gifts, one-upping each other in in you know who's who's get, got a better gift, who's doing you know who's doing what. Uh, it's all about what this holiday is all about: sharing the love with one another, and showing our love for God. And with me being my first Christmas as a full Catholic, uh, being able to take communion, being able to, you know, practice this religion really, really well, uh, this holiday means a lot to me. 
and uh, it has always meant a lot to me. Uh, my family, you know, we used to have big Christmases back in the day, and uh, we would do Christmas Eve at my at my dad's side of the family, and Christmas Day would be at our house back in the day. Uh, we still continue that tradition. And uh, Christmas Eve is now at my parents' house, and my wife's parents, my mother and father-in-law, is on Christmas Day. Um, it's one of those, you know, it's it's a continuous tradition. And uh, like I said, Christmas doesn't mean about presents and about and about one-upping each other. It's all about loving one another and loving God and being there for everybody and being there for the loved ones that are dealing with problems and dealing with pro- uh, situations. You look at what it is nowadays that you, you see what this world has become and where where we're headed and it scares a lot of people. It scares me too. But we can if we can be like what Santa Claus is and share and love and care. Maybe maybe just maybe in this world we can find peace in this world. And, you know, I ask for your prayers. I ask for your, for your love this holiday season. You know, think of those, those people that are having a hard time this time of year. People that have lost loved ones. People who have, who have lost their jobs. People who have, you know, people who are struggling through the holiday season. Think about those people. Reach out to them. Tell them that they're loved. Tell them that they're cared about. And if you have to help them, help them. Because that's that's the key. To help one another and help each other. And if we do that, we can. And we will get through everything. We will get through this holiday season. And we'll get through the rest of the 2023 year. 2024 is right around the corner. So, can't believe it. You know, the year has gone by so quick. Pretty soon we'll be talking about the marathon, the, the Dana Open, and so much so. You can see I got the Christmas lights hang up, the wreath, the garland, the, uh, the uh, stockings hung up. Uh, actually, I'll do it if I can. Can. Oh, there it is. There's the wreath over there. Got some more Christmas lights hanging up over there. Uh, yeah, our snow globe. Mary and Joseph over there. The candles lit. The tree is over there with our gingerbread house over there. So, yeah. The office is decorated for the holiday season. And... It will be up until the Epiphany, which will be the 7th of January. So as we continue to roll through the shows going forward, which will probably be next week. We're looking probably about the 27th, which will be when we come back on the air. We might have a special post-game edition on the 26th for the Falcon football game. But we're, we're working on that. But uh, next Thursday, yours truly is going to be headed to Cleveland. See the Browns battle the Jets. We're working on the details right now, figuring it all out. Um, yeah, 
I'm looking forward to uh, the Winter Classic in a couple in a cup in about a week or so. Seeing the pictures of how the rink is being built, it's pretty cool. Uh, they're playing that game at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. I mean, the Kraken, I think Kraken and Canucks, if I'm not mistaken. Is that what it is? If I'm not mistaken, that's the game. I'm going to double-check it really quickly before we, we sign off tonight. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, remember to reach out to those that are affecting Affected this holiday season. Reach out. It's uh, Vegas and Seattle. Vegas and Seattle. But remember to reach out to those that are struggling this holiday season. Whether it be battling for the depression. Whether it be the loss of a loved one. Or a loss of a job. Reach out to them. Look out for them. Care about them. And, you know, it will help. It will, it will help you and it will help that person out at the same time. You know, I had yesterday I was out and about at a uh, at a Kroger in 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 Sylvania. I was out doing some Christmas shopping with my wife, a young woman. I would say young woman, maybe in her 40s and 50s. Um I was over in the gift card section and she dropped her wallet as she was coming in from the place or dropped an envelope one of those fifth third envelopes and it was a pretty heavy envelope and I chased after her and she thanked me and I thanked her uh, because people like that would just ignore people. So there's that. To those that are wondering, the Bronner shirt is on Frank and Muth, Michigan. Bronner's Christmas Wonderland. Love, love Bronner's. Love the beautiful city of Frank and Muth, Michigan. Michigan's Little Bavaria, and uh, I love wearing this shirt at Christmas time. Wear it when I put up the tree, when I decorate, and uh, yeah. So to you and yours, I wish you a very Merry Christmas, a happy and healthy and prosperous 2024 this upcoming year, and we'll be back on the air with you guys next week on All Andy Alford. Like I said, we're working on it. It's going to be on the 26th or 27th. But, of course, we'll have our special look back at the year that it was in 2023 for the year in review show. And, yeah, it's been a great run. We're going to continue this into 2024. Looking forward to it. So, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you all. I love you. Until next time, this is Andy Alford saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together, the game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and to my teams, go Jackets. Good luck tomorrow against Toronto. Go Walleye. Go Falcons. Go Tigers. Congratulations to Otani signing with the Dodgers and Yamamoto signing with the Dodgers. The Dodgers are for real. Go Lions, go Browns, and more birdies and less bogeys. We didn't talk about the PNC Championship, but there's always the next show. Because victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you guys next week for another edition 
of All Andy Elford. I love you guys. Talk to you. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. You've been listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you again for tuning into the show tonight. You can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. The podcast is performed each week right here on the Anchor Network.